Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. We have now survived Monday. We have gotten past that day, and now we can start moving on from there. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you have a comment, maybe you have a question, reach out to us. We would love to hear what you have to say. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com where you can find all of the latest Daily Dose gear over there. Search Daily Dose, scroll down until you see our logo, and there you can find Daily Dose t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, a number of Daily Dose items over at tpublic.com for you. And you know the cool part about ordering any of the clothing that they have over there? You can pick the color you want. So make sure you stop by tpublic.com. Hey, March Madness is getting started tonight. And we do have our Daily Dose Bracket Pool. Thanks again to Big Rob for setting this up. But if you go over to ESPN and you search for the Tournament Challenge, it's on the front page now. Just click on the Groups tab, search Group Name, just search Daily Dose. There you can join up with us. And if you played last year, you can just click Rejoin and jump right back in. But we want some people to join our Bracket Challenge. Come prove that you know college hoops. Hey, this year, we are going to be awarding the winner of the Daily Dose Bracket Challenge with a Daily Dose t-shirt from tpublic.com. So you got to make sure that you head over to ESPN and get your bracket filled in. Make your picks for March Madness this year. Who's going to win it all? Should be a very, very fun tournament. Hey, today on the show, we have something a little bit different for you. We are flashing back to a Daily Dose episode from the past. You know, the 2015 NFL Draft had just finished up. We were looking at a few winners and a few losers from the draft. Plus, we were joined by a former professional boxer to recap the Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather fight. And we were talking about why people were so upset with the outcome of that fight. Then with the NFL draft featuring quarterbacks selected with the top two picks, we actually looked back at the other five times we saw quarterbacks in the NFL draft taken number one and number two. Sit back and relax. Enjoy a throwback episode of The Daily Dose. Wednesday, May 6, 2015, you are listening to The Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday. We bring you just a little bit different of an outlook on the world of sports than you would get anywhere else. You can download the podcast, or better yet, you can subscribe to the podcast. A couple different ways you can subscribe. If you are an iPhone user, you can go to get the podcast on iTunes, subscribe to it there, make sure you don't miss a single episode. If you're not an iPhone person, that's okay too. You can go to Podcast Republic, uh, subscribe to it there, and it will download directly to your Android device every single week when we do release it. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, let's get this stuff out of the way real quick so we can jump in because we have a lot to get through today. If you'd like to contact me, Twitter handle, at Daily Dose Sports, uh, D-A-L-Y, Daily Dose Sports, you can find me there. You can also find me by the same name on Facebook. Uh, you know, Twitter and Facebook, I know uh, sometimes you get some boring feeds, sometimes you get some stuff that you don't always want. Uh, you might want to add the Daily Dose. We'll give you some some breaking news. We'll give you links to articles, a couple of thoughts on the game. Sometimes we'll live tweet some games and some things like that. You might want to check us out. Uh, if you would like to go to the website, we do have a website, uh, dailydosesports.wordpress.com. Uh, you know, got some new articles going up every single week, got some polls, got some different things that up there that you might want to check out. I think you will really, really enjoy it if you will check that out. And like I told you last week, we do have email. 
Got to talk a little bit about some of the emails that I have received so far. Uh, but you can email the show, dailydosesports at gmail.com. That is coming directly to us. Might read one of your emails on the uh, on the air. You never know. Might talk about it in an article. You never know. But if you would like to email the show, would love to hear from you. Get your thoughts. Get your feedback. This week, we do have a lot to get to. Going to take a look at the NFL draft. Who are the winners in the NFL draft? Who may be missed in the NFL draft? Uh, a couple different thoughts on that. We're also going to bring back former Denver boxer Frankie Sanchez. He's going to recap the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. He'll be calling in here in a few minutes. Um, you know, Frankie nailed the fight. He said exactly what was going to happen, and that fight went down exactly like he said it would. We want to talk to him just a little bit. Plus, a very popular segment, the Daily Dose Top 5. If you haven't heard the show before, and we, we are getting some new listeners. If you haven't heard the show before, I encourage you, stick around for the Daily Dose Top 5. You don't want to go anywhere. You know, it was a fun weekend for sports. There was a ton of things going on. You had, you know, the NBA and NHL going in playoff mode. And, and you know how big those games are. Of course, we had the fight. Uh, gonna gonna talk about that. Major League Baseball is now, you know, getting further along into the regular season. You had the Kentucky Derby. Uh, just, a, just a lot of things going on sports-wise for it being spring. There's no football. A lot of things going on in the world of sports that were, that were really kind of cool. You know, the big news coming out, there is a class action lawsuit that was filed on Tuesday on behalf of two Las Vegas residents seeking more than five million bucks from Manny Pacquiao, his manager and his promoters, because they were fraudulent in concealing his shoulder injury before his fight against Floyd Mayweather. The suit says Pacquiao and his manager, uh, his promotional company, Top Rank, admitted they knew of the shoulder injury, but they didn't disclose it to the Nevada Athletic Commission as required by law. And they kept it secret from fans who bought tickets to the fight or ordered the fight on pay-per-view. And let's be real clear, bet on the fight, which is another part of it, too. Um you know, he did sign, you, you do have to sign a paper. I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, well, big deal. You know, they, they fought their 12 rounds. What do they care? Well, you do sign a piece of paper going to the state commission saying whether or not you're in good health or not. And he signed that, said he didn't have any issues. Then came out later. We found out he was trying to get toward it all before the fight because the shoulder was already hurting. We saw during the fight, he didn't throw many punches. Maybe it had to do with that. Maybe it had to do with the fact that he kept getting punched in the face when he did. I don't know. Um, now he's got a torn rotator cuff. This is going to be very, very interesting to watch. I don't know if these lawsuits are going to go anywhere. I know that me and Frankie Sanchez are considering uh, opening up our own lawsuit, and and I don't. We'll probably settle out of court. I'm not going to lie. I, I would be okay with settling out of court, uh, maybe for just some good, uh, like a good Filipino barbecue pork dinner, or like you know the chicken adobo. That's also really, really good. Uh, so I, I think we're a little bit easier. Going to be interesting to see. What the judges do on this self. Here's the question. Here's the question in all seriousness. Did Manny Pacquiao perjure himself in signing that document saying he was okay? I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Uh, because you know, I'm going to be honest and, and I'm an NFL guy. I love the NFL. I, I enjoy the NFL draft. I do actually follow it in, in pretty good detail. It's kind of a boring draft, wasn't it? There, there, there really wasn't, there wasn't much drama. Uh, the really only drama was whether or not the Titans, uh, were going to, you know, trade that number two pick or not. They had a few different offers. They were getting offers from Philadelphia. They were getting offers from Cleveland. Um, they ended up, they ended up taking it. Uh, they kept the pick and they took Marcus Mary Oto is what Roger Goodell said, NFL commissioner. Nice job on that. Uh, it's Mariota. 
I don't know how you confuse that. You know, all the talk about domestic violence in the NFL, and he goes and murders that name. So we had, for the first time in a little while, we had Jameis Winston taken number one, quarterback out of Florida State. We had Marcus Mariota go number two, quarterback out of Oregon. I want you to just keep that in mind. Um, you know, other than that, the only drama that we had was where just a few players would go. We weren't quite sure uh, where they would go. Uh, Lyle Collins uh, was a top 15 projection offensive tackle out of LSU. He didn't get drafted. And, and, you know, kind of a weird story about Collins. If you haven't heard the story, pregnant former girlfriend was murdered. Uh, and Collins hasn't been named a subject. He, he, he has been questioned by police. He hasn't even been named a person of interest. Uh, but after the Aaron Hernandez situation, teams are a little bit, you know, iffy on whether or not to draft that guy. Because if I draft him and he ends up in jail the next week, I just lost my pick. I'd rather use it on something else. So they skipped him. They skipped him in the first round. And then on the day of the second round, on that Friday, Collins said if he was drafted after the second round, he would refuse to report to any team that took him. I will refuse to report to any team that selects me after the second round. So you know what teams did? Okay, the win will take you at all. How about reporting then? No one drafted him. Now, you can sit there and say, you stood up for yourself or you did whatever. Let's be real clear. That's a $10 million mistake. And now, you can go sign with whoever you want to, but they don't got to pay you. There's no, uh, you know, here's the amount that I'm that I'm going to be due as a first-round draft pick, as a second-round draft pick, as a third-round. It, it makes no difference. I don't have to pay. I can pay whatever I want. So you can you can say, well, if you're not going to take me, you know, in the second round, then don't take me. Okay, we'll take it all. And you won't get paid. You hurt yourself on that first contract. That first contract is not huge to begin with. You hurt yourself on that first contract quite a bit. Uh, right now, Bills, Jets, Saints, and Eagles have at least shown that they are interested in him. He is a big-time talent. You just don't know what exactly is going on in that situation. Dallas Cowboys took troubled defensive end Randy Gregory out of the, the University of Nebraska. You know, and Gregory had failed multiple drug tests. Uh, and, and here's the thing that stands out to me more, though, because the drug tests aren't, aren't a huge thing depending on, you know, his situation. But there were a few teams out there, and I heard from a few different sources that there's more stuff out there about Gregory that hasn't come out yet. And we won't touch that guy. We won't go near him. There were teams that said, didn't matter how far he fell, based on some of the information we have, we will not draft him no matter what. But, you know, Dallas just recently has signed Greg Hardy. And, and uh, you know, Hardy, you might remember, had threatened and assaulted his former girlfriend and is suspended for the first 10 games. So what do the Cowboys care if they come get another guy like that? They obviously uh, don't care about things like that. So they're going to go sign him. And, uh, hey, hopefully this all works out for him. Uh, we'll see how that ends up. There were a couple drafts that I like. There were a couple teams that I that I think uh, got it right. Uh, Cleveland Browns, I, I like what they did. They were able to get Danny Shelton, nose tackle, out of Washington. And then they were able to get in that second pick. They had two picks in the first round. Cameron Irving, center out of Florida State. Uh, even somehow got Duke Johnson out of Miami in a later round pick. But here's the one thing about the Browns. We saw, we, we thought this last year. We thought the Browns had, had a good draft. I'm not falling for that again. Remember last year, we thought they had such a good, oh yeah, look what they moved up and got Johnny Manziel. Oh, that's a really good pick. Is it? Is it really? Not really sure. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, I like what they did too. 
Dante Fowler in the first round, uh, outside linebacker who I thought might be the best player coming out of this draft. Uh, and then they got TJ Yeldon, a, a running back in the, in the second round. It seems like the Jaguars are, are kind of starting to get things straight the way they should build their team. The problem with Jacksonville, they just have so many holes. I think they're going in the right direction. They just need like, you know, 15, 16 more of these kinds of players. And then they'll finally actually field the team. A couple drafts I didn't like. And, and I've heard some people talk about, uh, you know, the, the Washington Redskins and uh, they were so gutsy and, and they, they passed up Leonard Williams and they took Brandon Scherf uh, offensive tackle out of Iowa. Here's the problem. Leonard Williams looks like the real deal to me. Uh, Brandon Scherf, I saw him uh, play a couple times. He's really smooth and, and he looks like he would be a good offensive tackle. He looks like he would have all those skills except for the fact that he gives up sacks all the time. Uh, so you can sit there and look at him and say, oh yeah, he's a great specimen. Yeah, so is Tony Mandrich. I, I don't care how you look. I want to see your production. And his production, I didn't think was that good. Uh, the other team I didn't like, and, and a team, obviously, I've not liked their offseason at all in general. San Francisco 49ers get Eric Armstead, defensive end out of Oregon. I have a problem, and, and I told you in the, in the weeks coming up to the draft, uh, I can't just watch the combine workout and ignore how they played all year when the games were live and it meant something. Because uh, what I see from Armstead, yes, he looked great in the combine, ran a really good 40, uh, jumped really high, I don't know, swam really fast, whatever those stupid uh, tests are that they give you in the underwear Olympics at the combine. But I want to see, does the guy want to be really, really good at football? Does he play hard on every down? No. Does he produce much? No. Uh, so I don't really care uh, what he does in the combine. I want to see if the guy can play. I don't know if I like that pick uh, from a team in San Francisco that really has a lot of holes to fill because everyone left that team as quickly as possible when Jim Harbaugh left. Maybe they should have drafted a GM. I don't know. Just a thought. We got to jump over to the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. I know there are a lot of people that thought, you know, maybe Floyd didn't win. He didn't really do that much. A lot of people were really disappointed that Manny didn't come out and fight a little better. Uh, my thoughts on the Pacquiao fight, and I told you last week, I wasn't planning on getting the fight. I, I genuinely wasn't. This was a fight that I wanted to see five years ago, and it kind of angered me that they made us wait this long. And I, I don't care about the reasons. I don't care about the money. I wanted to see this fight. I wanted to see it five years ago when they were a little more in their prime. I wasn't going to get the fight. Uh, fortunately for me, I have some some very dear friends who are far more generous than anybody that I know. And they said, hey, we got the fight. Come watch it. So I went and watched the fight, you know, live. Uh, but, you know, I, I did hear a lot of opinions. Uh, Manny didn't didn't do much. Uh, Floyd was kind of a punk and just ran all night. I, I get all that. But I'll tell you who who else didn't win the fight. I'm going to tell you who who won it and who didn't win it. I'll give you someone who didn't win it. Jamie Foxx versus the National Anthem. He lost that fight. Uh, and, and I don't mind if you put your own spin on the national anthem. I'm okay with that. I just didn't even know what he was singing. And not only was he changing it, it wasn't good. Like he was missing notes. Like I, I don't know that much about music, but I can hear and, and say that, okay, that sounded flat. I don't know what you were doing. Uh, he definitely lost that. I'll give you a winner of the fight. Uh, they talk about, well, you know, Manny won this much and, and Floyd got 120 million and uh, hey, the IRS is who's winning this fight. Let's be real clear about that because they're taking 30% off the top. Uh, and all they did was sit there and watch, didn't take a punch and they're going to sit there and collect all that money. IRS, big winner. Hey, do you remember, uh, uh, do you remember back in the, in the day when Mike Tyson used to fight and, and he would walk into the ring 
And he would have this entourage around him. And they were some pretty bad-looking dudes. Or even go back before that. And I know some, some of the audience might be too young to remember, but, you know, Muhammad Ali would go into the ring, and he would have some rough, rough-looking group with him. I mean, they looked like if something broke out, they were ready. Floyd Mayweather walked into the ring with Justin Bieber carrying his belts. Do you see? Do you see what is... Uh, really? <laughs> really? And then... I, and, and not that this is the worst guy in the world. Manny Pacquiao has uh, Jimmy Kimmel dressed as like Reverend Run. What, what is going on? What have we become? Boxing used to be where like the baddest dudes on the planet were. That is not exactly what I saw. What was wrong, by the way, with Michael Buffer? Yeah, he, he sounded like Peter Brady. His voice was cracking. Let's get ready to rumble. I, was he going through a voice change? You have one job. You have one job. Your only job is to talk. I don't care if you, you just don't talk for three weeks in preparation. You train, but you have one job. Why were you gargling with pennies before the fight? It didn't make any sense to me. Strange. Really just kind of weird. Last week, uh, you know, we had former boxer, Denver, Colorado native Frankie Sanchez on the show, and, and he broke down the fight force and, and told us, here's what to expect, here's what this guy's going to do, here's how this guy's going to counter, and, and right now, we are going to bring him uh, back again, because I just want to get his thoughts on the fight and, and the way the fight went, so right now, let's uh, let's jump over to that. Let's go right now on the Daily Dose Hotline to friend of the show and former boxer, manager, trainer, Frankie Sanchez. Frankie, we talked to you just this past week about the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. You called exactly what happened. Nice call on the fight. You you absolutely saw it coming. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, like I said, it uh, depends how your look on the fight, your outlook on the fight. If it was, um, if you're a Mayweather fan, how you uh, watch the fight, or if you're a Pacquiao fan. So I think I predicted the right... Uh, uh, outcome and um, I myself was happy because I knew that uh, Mayweather was going to do what he did and uh, a little unfortunate that Pac-Man didn't come in the way he um, everyone expected him to come in but uh, it is what it is and um, Mayweather remained undefeated. Well, you're right. And, and let me ask you this because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people for one today that are talking about boxing that, let's be honest, don't know boxing. They're, they're, they're the person, you know, that's working in the office and, and, and they tuned in for that fight because it was the biggest fight. Let me ask you this because I know where I was at. Did you feel like you got your money's worth on the fight? Oh, sure. I did. And I, um, you know, I, I understand what people are feeling because, um, you know, they want to see the blood and guts and they want to see people bang it out for 12 rounds. But, why would Mayweather go and do that when uh, he'd never done that before to please the people? No. He did the right thing. He outboxed a very fast and a very smart Manny Pacquiao. And whatever whatever excuses Manny's coming up with now, I, I don't understand. I mean, now he's claiming that his shoulder was tore two weeks before the fight and he didn't come in at 100%. Well, guess what? You know, J.J. Watt, one of the best uh, NFL players right now, he plays injured all the time. you got to suck it up and you got to go. And it was a... It was a um, a tough fight for Manny because I think in the first round he got hit with that straight right hand from Mayweather about a minute 21 into the fight. And he said, whoa, maybe this guy is faster than I thought and maybe he hits harder. So Mayweather fought a smart fight. Manny, he didn't. I mean, he, I think he had a game plan, but once he got hit with that right hand, everything just went out the door. No, you're exactly right. And, you know, you talked about last week, you talked about Manny attacking 
uh, Mayweather in angles and coming at him in different angles, not coming straight ahead. He absolutely didn't do that. He just kept coming straight ahead. And like you talked about, it wasn't so much uh, the jab. It was that overhand right, right down the pipe that kept slowing Manny down and going, wait a second, my whole my whole, uh, you know, fight that I had planned in my mind and, and what we had we had planned for is out the window in the first round. Yeah, and you're definitely correct on that. And you you could see it in him. And like I said, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face. Well, you know, I just watched the fight again this morning, and I, I always recommend people to I always tell them, hey, look, when you watch a fight in a crowded arena or a crowded house or wherever you're at, you're going to go off the cheers of the crowd. And a lot of times judges do that too. I said, turn the volume down and watch the fight. Um, without any volume and don't, don't, you know, don't pick that, you know, you like Manny or you like Mayweather. You know, what you need to do is just, um, you know, leave that outside right now and just look who was a better fighter. And you're correct. Mayweather threw about 15 hard right hands that hit between the first and the fourth round that I just watched right now. And they were quick. He would, he'd dodge back. And when Manny throw that, uh, lazy left jab, he'd reach right over the top and smack him with it. So, I mean, I think Mayweather was, was even a little quicker than Manny on Saturday night. No, I think you're right. You know, and I, I told you, I had the score closer than I think a lot of people did. I had it 115, 113, uh, in, in favor, favor of Mayweather. And, and, you know, when I went through the rounds, and, and like you said, I think you have to watch it, you know, void of, of the emotion that goes with the fight, void of the crowd and that kind of thing. I know in the fourth, you know, Manny staggered him. It, it looked like he did actually hurt him. The key round for me, though, was that fifth round because we didn't see any effects from if Mayweather was hurt. And I, I think he was. We didn't see any effects that he came out and, and won the fifth. I thought that was the pivotal round in the fight. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. Mayweather did talk about it in one of the post-fight interviews. He said, listen, I don't fight like Manny every few months. He goes, you know, I take a, a little break um, longer than most because, you know, I'm such a high caliber of a fighter. But uh, when I got hit like that, yeah, of course it's going to stun me a little more than Manny is probably even used to it because he just fought Chris Algeria a few months back. He's like, and yeah, but, you know, I recomposed myself. I got, I was okay. I got my feet under me. And, you know, of course you're hitting, you're getting hit with the, uh, Eight, eight and ten ounce gloves. It's it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna affect you. But like I said, I think he fought a um, a great fight. It was it was a chess match for him, and he he hit and he didn't get hit, and that's what boxing is supposed to be about. Why would he want to stand in there for twelve rounds with a you know puncher as fast and sometimes as powerful as Manny? He did the absolutely best thing that I would have done. Well, no, you're exactly right because he, he kept himself out of trouble. He saw, I think, that trouble early on, uh, you know, in that, even a little bit in the second round, but more so in the fourth round, he got into some trouble, got out of that. And I think he learned from that. We talked about last week, him, his ability to self-manage and get himself out of those situations. I thought he did a great job of that. What do you think now? He, uh, Mayweather says after the fight, he's got one more fight. Uh, the best way to tell if boxers like this in this situation are lying is if they're talking. What do you think is next for Floyd Mayweather now? You know, I think he's just going to fight um, just an average fighter. You know, there are talks that he's going to fight Americom. I don't think that's a good fight for him. He, he, he's going to give up all his belts right now is what he stated in his um, post-fight interview. Um, you know, he, he says, let's give these other fighters a chance. I've already won them. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to just give them all back the belts, meaning he's going to give up that weight class or whatever, you know, WBC, WBA title. Sure. Um, that way other fighters can come in, which is, I think was very were very friendly of him to do, very kind. Um, I don't know. You know, he's, he's probably going to go out with the bank. It may just be an average fighter um, that they're for sure he could probably be beat. But then again, those are the fighters that you worry about, the Frankie Randles who come in and upset a guy like Julio Cesar Chavez when he's not ready for him. So I don't know. I think that maybe um, it'll just be a you know top 10 fighter, but um, he's, he's going to for sure go out without uh, losing. Uh, Floyd obviously is a, a great fighter. 
where do we rank him all time though? Do we, do we rank him up there with the all time fighters? Because I, it's hard when you're talking about weight classes and those kind of things, but even just if you just, you know, among welterweights, I I don't know if I mean, he maybe cracks my top 10, but I don't know if he's even in my top five. Yeah, you know, and that's hard. To, it's hard to think. You know, can you? You, have, you never really. I mean, how can you put it together? Who were the guys these other guys fought? Who did he fought? I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's a, he's up there. Like you said, he may be in the top ten. I don't know if he's the best, but you got to give the guy credit that he's not lost and he's fought some good champions. I mean, he's fought you know the De La Hoya, maybe maybe a little washed up, but he's fought some good fighters. And um, I mean, I guess you got to put him up there, in my opinion. But um, you know, there's always going to be that controversy. You know, who, who did he fight? Who? Why did he always run? He, he was just a boxer or this and that. But, um, you know, that I forgot the gentleman's name who, who they posted a lot on Facebook and, um, on the boxing websites who was, who went undefeated for a while, 150 and 0 or whatever back in the, the 30s. But right, they, showed, right. they showed a video of the guy boxing and, and Floyd would have absolutely destroyed him. Um, it, you know, it's no comparison compared to some of the, the, um, old timers today with, you know, all the steroids in the, in the food, all the, um, fitness, um, gurus out there that help with cardio and strength and conditioning so it's hard to say but it is he still has my respect i don't like his um tactics out of the ring and some of the things he does but um in the ring you got to give the guy credit he, he is one of the best well and, I, and i'm looking you know i'm looking just at some of the fighters that that we think of as, as welters and i know you being a fight fan you know the the carmen basilios the tommy hearns the, the marvin Haglers, and just trying to keep it kind of in that middleweight era you sparred with roberto duran I don't know how Floyd does even against a guy like Roberto Duran. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, would, would would Duran chase him? Would he if he caught him with one? I don't know. Like I said, he's he has a style that people don't like, but that's what he says. That's my style. And that's why I've been in the game so long. And I'm sure, you know, I hit and don't get hit. And I he, he got not many not many scars on his face. His body seems like it's holding up pretty good. I think the the biggest problem Floyd has is his hands, and uh, his hands are hurt from all the years of fighting. But that that goes with the territory. Yeah, it does. Hey, uh, Frankie, last question for you. Uh, let me ask you this. Like I said, there's been a lot of people, uh, that have kind of complained. You talked about a little bit, you know, people wanted that blood and guts fight as opposed to the aspect of a slick fighter, uh, the fighter that is a little maybe more skilled, a little more quick, uh, those kind of things. Uh, was this fight good for boxing, do you think? No, not for the average fan it wasn't. Um, but, you know, people are, are saying, oh, it, it put a bad, uh, another black eye on boxing, but it's not. People are going to pay. They can have. They have another mega fight in five years. They're going to sell it out again. It's. It's. It, you know. It, it's okay. I mean, b- boxing. If you're a true boxing fan, you know that it was a very tactical fight, and uh, Floyd did uh, what he what he needed to to win. And that's what we expect. I didn't expect a brawl. I thought if I was Manny, I would have came in like I told you before and try to throw some punches, try to use some angles. Well, like I said, that all got thrown out the door with that big right hand in the first round, and I knew it. I told everyone that was watching the fight with me that it's going to be just like this, Floyd just scoring and moving and doing what it takes to win. And, um, you know, I know Floyd's father was yelling at him in the corner. That was all just hype. That was just more more to get people excited. Uh, sure. He knew what he was doing. And um, like he said in his interview, he knew he won the fight after the first round because he had Manny's number and he beat Manny to the punch. And, uh, again, like I said, he, to me, did a great job and he did what it took to win um, boxing's uh, biggest fight in history so far. 
Well, and it was. And the, the thing that I go back to is, is, you know, maybe it wasn't so much, you know, the, the big, the, the bloody fight or, you know, the, the knockout. It was the event though. And there were so many people that bought this fight. There were so many people watching this fight talking about boxing. Uh, at least it brought the fight into public consciousness, which to me is a win for boxing because we haven't had that in such a long time. Frankie, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate you giving uh, the listeners some insight uh, into the world of boxing. Uh, uh, we just wanted to tell real quick, you are at Unico Fit over uh, 4211 South Buckley Road in Aurora. If you are interested in training, getting a different kind of workout, self-defense, you want your kids to burn off some energy, go see Frankie over at Unico Fit, uh, 303-627-5693. He will take care of you. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us here on The Daily Dose. I really do appreciate it. Sure, man. Glad you guys enjoyed the fight. And like you said, uh, get a hold of me if you have any questions. And uh, yeah, I hope we can talk more uh, fights in the future. Hey, as we do every single week, right now we are going to give you our Daily Dose Top 5. We do this every week. It is a very, very popular segment. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you know, this week with with the, the NFL draft going, and I told you earlier, we saw the two quarterbacks being drafted one and two. Jameis Winston at one and Marcus Mariota at two. Uh, you know, there's only been, that, that was only the sixth time that quarterbacks uh, have actually been drafted in the modern area. One and two. It doesn't happen that often. And so we wanted to count down the five times that quarterbacks have been drafted one and two. And I will tell you this. For the most part, and I want you to keep this in mind with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. One guy usually does well. One guy doesn't do so well. Sometimes you'll see both of them not do great. But but usually it's one does well and one doesn't. Um, I don't know if that's coincidence. I don't know what that is. I, it's hard to figure Jameis and Mariota. I've talked to you in the past about that. I'm not quite sure what to expect from either guy. I like Mariota. I think he's a good guy. He might be a good quarterback eventually. I don't think he's run anything close to a pro system, so I think that is going to be a a huge adjustment for him. Jameis, I don't know what to expect from that kid. I mean, you you saw him on draft night uh, displaying his maturity as he gets makes sure to get his his photograph with some crab legs. Obviously, he's grown up and and has learned and, and moved forward, right? So without, without any further ado, let's move on to the, uh, the Daily Dose top five. Five times quarterbacks have been drafted in the NFL, NFL draft one and two. Let's go to number five, uh, 2012. 2012, the number one pick in the draft that year, Stanford's Andrew Luck went to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and Andrew Luck has been very, very good. Uh, we have seen, he, he was one of those guys that you honestly, you saw him when you came out of the draft. And there are certain guys, you know, Winston Mariota, you look at me, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're going to be good. Could be good if they get in the right system. Could be good if they get with the right team or the, or the right coordinator. Uh, but I'm not, Andrew Luck, you just looked at and you said, man, this guy's gold. There is no way he's not going to be good unless he just has injury problems. Uh, he's huge. He, you know, the funny thing about Luck, he's way more athletic than you think he is. Uh, he, he's really athletic, dude. Ran well in the combine. Uh, he can move for a big guy. This year, I do think he has a huge test because they have brought in some weapons and have put weapons around him. Uh, big test for Andrew Luck this year. Number two in that 2000 draft, uh, 2012 draft, uh, number two pick was out of Baylor, Robert Griffin III. Went to the Washington Redskins, had a great year that first year, and we were sitting there going, man, Luck and Griffin, they are the future. These two are going to be so good. And then Robert Griffin got hurt, and he kind of forgot how to play quarterback. And you know, the thing about Griffin that stands out to me um, is that he it doesn't seem like he has a sense for avoiding injury. 
Like I, I watch some of these guys play and you know, you watch a Russell Wilson or someone like that and he gets out of the pocket and he's moving and here comes a safety in and he gets out of bounds or he throws it away or he slides and Robert Griffin just has none of those senses. He just runs out and someone just blasts him and he, Oh, what happened? I had no idea. Uh, kind of strange. Let's move on to number four. Number four, 1999. Uh, the Cleveland Browns select out of the University of Kentucky, Tim Couch. And you know, Tim Couch, when he was at Kentucky, he put up some huge numbers. Problem was, kind of that same situation with Mariota. He was playing, uh, you know, in a system and under coach with Hal Mummy, where they were putting up these giant numbers. And you looked at him and you said, oh man, they're throwing the ball over the place. Yeah, except for he's never come in and had to read a defense at the line of scrimmage in his life because Mummy did that for him from the sideline. He had some injuries, had, you know, some broken thumbs and, and some different things. Never quite got on track. It was in the league a while, but never, never really a starter. Number two selection in the 1999 draft, Syracuse quarterback, Donovan McNabb, drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles, went for 13 season, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, and here's all you need to say. He took the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. How many guys can say that? Him and like Ron Jaworski, that's it. End of, end of the story. Donovan McNabb, uh, you know, never won the big one, but had a great, great career and was always very, very solid. You know, but just the year before, 1998, quarterbacks taken one and two again. Uh, number three on our list in 1998, number one pick in the NFL draft goes to the Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee quarterback, Peyton Manning. And, and we know what Peyton has done. Obviously here in Denver, you know, he's rewritten the record book and contrary to popular belief, actually has won a Super Bowl. I know we tend to forget that about Peyton Manning, but Manning actually has won. A, he can never win the big one. Oh yeah. Except for that time he won the big one. He has won the big one. What are you talking about? Uh, so, you know, Peyton Manning, and I know there was, there was a lot of talk when he was coming out. Do we take him or do we take the other guy? I can remember vividly thinking, if you take the other guy, you're an idiot. Because with the number two pick in the 1998 draft, the San Diego Chargers selected Washington State quarterback Ryan Leaf. He had the big arm, had the, had put up some big numbers up at Washington State, big strong guy, except for the fact he really didn't love the game. And he really wasn't driven to be great. And you saw it right away. He came in, he, he didn't do his job, wasn't really studying the playbook, didn't really know what he was doing, getting mad at the media. He lasted four seasons in the NFL. One of the all-time biggest busts, might be the biggest bust ever drafted. Four seasons, he was completely out of football, had some legal troubles, did some jail time for drugs. Uh, Ryan Leaf. Again, one of those situations where it was boom on the one side with, with Peyton and bust on the other side with Leaf. Number two on our list, 1993. Number one pick in that draft, uh, the New England Patriots select out of Washington State, Drew Bledsoe. And Drew Bledsoe was a big, strong guy, had a huge arm, all those measurables. Uh, he had a good career. Uh, but I think we all kind of remember Drew Bledsoe for what he didn't do. You know, he played for 14 seasons in the NFL. He had four, he went to four Pro Bowls. He went to the Super Bowl three times and he even won a Super Bowl. Well, well sort of. Uh, because the part we do remember, uh, he had some bad losses. He had some injuries, threw a lot of interceptions and he got replaced by Tom Brady. And Brady came in, uh, Bledsoe had had the, the horrific injury, uh, it, it mid season and Brady came in and somehow took the Patriots all the way to the Super Bowl and won it. That's the one Super Bowl that Bledsoe was a part of. Um, number two in that draft, 
uh, Notre Dame quarterback Rick Meyer, selected by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, he, he played, he had never played in a pro style offense. I mean, Rick Meyer came into the league. He had played in that Lou Holtz offense. They kind of ran some option kind of stuff. It, it, it just wasn't the same. He, he, he had some measurables. He had a big arm and he had, you know, some of those things, but he just never quite adjusted. He played 12 seasons in the NFL, but mostly as a backup, never really got on the field that much except for early and he never really produced. Number one on our list of when quarterbacks go one and two in the NFL draft. And this, this for me might be the best, the best group of the whole bunch. We've seen a few where it's hit and then miss, hit and then miss. These are two hits. 1971, with the first pick of the NFL draft, the New England Patriots, again, take Stanford quarterback Jim Plunkett. You know, he was good with the Patriots, but he, he didn't have... Didn't have a very good offensive around him. He, he was running a Char- Chuck Fairbanks system, so it wasn't a, a real conducive offense for him being a good quarterback. Didn't have much help around him either. Uh, and he ended up getting, you know, traded to like San Francisco and then being traded to Oakland. And, and he ended up in Oakland, uh, backing up Dan Pastorini. And Pastorini, I, I want to say he broke his leg or something. And at 33 years of age, they put Jim Plunkett in with the Raiders offense and he takes the Raiders to the Super Bowl. Wins the whole thing. Two years later, at 35, he does it again. You know who's the only two-time Super Bowl winner that is not in the NFL Hall of Fame? Never made it to a Pro Bowl. Maybe that has something to do with it. Second pick in the 1971 NFL Draft. Out of the Ole Miss University, the New Orleans Saints select quarterback Archie Manning. Archie Manning played 13 seasons, went to two Pro Bowls. The thing about Manning... He played on like dreadful teams. Like these are not your modern day New Orleans Saints that he went to. These are your dad or your grandfather's New Orleans Saints. They could barely even field a team. They were so horrible. These are the teams that were going seasons with one win or no wins or two wins. He had no help. And somehow Archie Manning still managed to be great. He was a phenomenal player. Unlike his, his son with the, with the huge forehead, uh, a scrambler could move around, could hurt you on the run, could do a lot of different things. He's a very, very athletic player. Um, but he just didn't have any help around him. And, and you know, it just kind of goes to show you when these quarterbacks come out, it depends on where you go. You might have a, a ton of ability. You might have a, a ton of measurables. If you get in a bad situation, if you get in with a bad team, and you know when these when these teams are drafting early, that is a lot of time what we're seeing. You're going to bad teams and sometimes bad system, and maybe not a coach that, that suits you know what you do. You get drafted a little bit later, might be a better situation. We will keep an eye on how the Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota uh, scenario plays out. Hey, we do have a little bit of a different week for you this week, but hopefully you enjoy taking a look back at some previous episodes of The Daily Dose. I'd say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Tuesday. And for all of you that share the show, thank you so much. That is how we get listeners. If not for you, we can't do any of this. Hey, if you're not subscribed to The Dose wherever you listen, please make sure you click that little follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.